welcome to another week of Soap Secrets. We've got the lovely expert, soap experts, nonetheless, Rachel Lucas joining us in the absence of Claire, who, how very dare she, has taken annual leave. Hi, Rachel. I know. Well, it's lovely for me because, um, as you know, I do like talking about soap a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> You do it for a living. I do it for a living. I really enjoy this. Is it a proper job? It's what I say about myself all the time. <laughs> I know. Um, well, we're going to start with Coronation Street because, well, we always do. Um, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, Adam ends up being the target of quite a mysterious hate campaign, doesn't he, this week? Uh, yes. So it's really interesting that this is coming up again now. I don't know if you remember, Hannah, that um, a while ago, Adam had his car seat. Now, um, he accused his ex-girlfriend, Lydia, of, of doing the damage because he's all, and at the time he always said that she was a little bit of a bunny boiler. He was a bit suspicious about why mm. she turned up in his life again, why she was hanging around, you know, what she was trying to say to Sarah. <clears throat> but um, it turns out that he was completely wrong. And the actual culprit was uh, Jeremy Bremner. Jeremy Bremner, it basically, he was a guy who lost the court case over a boundary dispute. Right. <laughs> but, but whilst they thought it all been resolved, things are going to ramp up. Well, yes, exactly. So I think Adam called him before the boundary bully. So he's always been a little bit, but he thought boundary bully had sort of like out of his way, got rid of him. Um, but it all seems to be coming back this week. So what's happening? Um, Adam discovers that his car windscreen has been smashed. So, of course, he immediately thinks it's Bremner, goes to confront him, but Bremner denies it. He just says, no, it's nothing to do with me. I did his car, but that's it. I've not done anything else. Um, mm. but, but things are about to get <clears throat> an awful lot worse than that. It's not just the car windscreen. So it's a bit of a shocker. Adam and Imran are sat in their uh, lawyer's office and all of a sudden armed policemen burst in because somebody's given them an anonymous tip-off. Mm. <laughs> OK, but it doesn't end there, though, does it? Because nastier things start to happen. Uh, yes. Well, this is the thing. So, I mean, obviously, having a gun sort of like pointed in your face and you're just sitting there drinking your morning coffee is not great. Um. <laughs> yeah true but it's, it's i think with that it's very yeah it's awful obviously but it's very sort of in your face there's sort of stuff going on that's creepier yeah yeah there is that's the thing so he thinks that obviously i've convinced it's bremner and he thinks that actually he's confronted him he's actually sort of provoked him even more and it's really going to escalate things because he does actually end up reporting uh this bremner guy for a false tip-off but then he starts getting silent phone calls. And not only that, it gets even more sinister. Sarah gets sent this bouquet and it's got a really kind of sinister message on it, sort of like basically sort of like hinting that Sarah could be in danger. Oh, God. So, um, so Adam wants, obviously, them not to be in danger, so gets Sarah and Harry to stay with Nick because he's worried about it. Yeah. Um, and and do we get to see who Adam's tormentor is in this episode? Well, yeah, we do. So it's really good. We do get to see who is doing all of this for Adam this week. All will be revealed in the episode. But 
Um, obviously, I can't say who that will be. <laughs> oh, you're doing it again. Um, but it's not the only mystery this week, is it? Because it turns out that Amy has gone and bagged herself a secret man. She has. I love this storyline because, of course, I, I've still got it in my head that Amy's still sort of like a little thing running around. Sort of I like know. Uniform. <laughs> yeah, so true. But you forget they're all grown up now, aren't they? Sort of like they are. And Corey are making quite a big thing of the youngsters, which Claire and I talk about yeah. a bit. It's quite a good thing, really, because they're getting a new amount of, you know, the established cast, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Sort of like bringing up. And don't forget, sort of like, you know, a lot of the characters we have now, which are kind of grown up with parents, like David, sort of like were actually sort of little kids themselves when they were first in the show. And Sarah, of course. So. Um, but, yeah, so this might come as a shock for everybody, but it's actually Amy's 18th birthday yeah, this week. Wow. I know. <laughs> that makes me feel old. Yeah. So Steve and Tracy are going to arrange a lovely surprise party for her in the bistro. Where else? That's where all the parties are. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've done this. I think Amy doesn't know anything about it. She's at home. Steve and Tracy nip home because they've got the candles for the top of the cake, but they get a bit of a big shock. Mm. So when they get, they're about to go in, doors on the chain, they're thinking, oh, what's going on here? And then they see a strange man in a hoodie doing a runner out back of the house. So uh, mm. Steve tackles him to the ground. And who is it? It's Jacob. Wow. Mm. But there's a twist, isn't it? Because Amy is, we later see her looking very shifty and she heads down to the police station to get him out. She does. So here's the twist. Obviously, we've sort of like, we've not liked Jacob before because he's that drug dealer that's got Simon involved in doing all the drug running and things like that. So we just think, oh, what's he up to? But what's Amy up to? So she goes down to the police station, explains that it was all a big mistake and Jacob needs to be let out. So it turns out that Jacob is her mystery boyfriend. Oh, gosh. I mean, it kind of had to be with Amy, didn't it? I mean, she's always she's never been sort of the easiest child and never had the easiest mother at times either so I suppose it was always going to be something um creeping up but I love the fact she's getting some big storylines it's really good I know and I yeah and I think this is a good one and I think yeah yeah you could definitely handle this storyline and 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 often Coronation Street has like some other sort of little things weaved through they have sort of humorous things don't they so um there are a few comedy strands at the moment and Sally Elaine and Tim have been providing a few laughs haven't they yeah they have I mean, obviously, Tim's had quite, um, also quite an emotional storyline because he's had this sort of like heart operation, which he didn't tell Sally about, you know, and then it all came out. Uh, he had to go in the op, and now he's back at home. But they've still managed to keep the humour in this. So mother-in-law Elaine has moved in um, to look after Tim. But obviously, three ends up being a bit of a crowd for Sally. Um mm. <laughs> So there's just a funny storyline this week. With I think Elaine's decided on a film night for her and her, her and Tim because he's recovering. So Sally just does her best to, to sabotage things for them by putting on a weekly oh. movie. <laughs> <laughs> and three, three is a crowd, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, certainly in that household. Certainly in that household. Okay, moving on to Emmerdale. Last week we were talking about the pub and all the shenanigans around that. Um, But this week we've got a very big Valentine's Village wedding, which is all set for next week for when Dawn and Billy get married. Yes, that's right. It's got to go wrong. It's a soap wedding. Well, well, exactly. When have you ever known a soap wedding to be all sort of like sort of like hearts and laughter and everybody goes off and has a nice time. <laughs> there's always something, there's always something looming. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> so looming always. this week is uh, Dawn, she's already feeling a bit paranoid that her ex, Alex, out because he was back before and she's really concerned that he's going to come back, take their son Lucas off of her. So, but not only that, there's also been a few out of things things at work happening so it's just all in all it's left the feeling a bit rattled yeah ab- yeah absolutely yeah. um i mean the thing is with the with the wedding can you tell us any more about it can you tell us any more of what is going to be happening um you know why it's going to be completely ruined in the end or you know whether it gets back on track is there anything you can give us a bit of insight into yeah well this is the thing. So there are, there are clues about what's going to be happening this, next week by a few awful things that happen this week. So we've got the hen and stag party. So Dawn and Billy head out to them. Sort of like, you know, have a couple of cocktails, sort of like calm her down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But when Dawn, Dawn pops home, it's just popping home for things at the moment, aren't they? But she, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but popping home in Corrie and making discoveries. Maybe we shouldn't do that. But yeah, so she goes back home, she makes a really awful discovery. She finds her wedding dress, somebody's like slashed it, completely viciously attacked it, thrown stuff on it, awful left in ruins. But mm. um, obviously Dawn's worried about Alex, but I'm pretty sure, Hannah, you're the same as me, that you're uh, thinking the same thing about who might be out to get Dawn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mina is still... On the run, isn't she? The serial killer, Mina. Um, and, you know, she's not going to miss an opportunity for revenge on Dawn, I wouldn't think, by taking, but you know, for, for taking Billy from her. No, well, that's true, yes. She's still on the loose, as you say. Um, and she, I think she's already vowed that, you know, her killing spree hasn't finished because she's enjoying it so much. Um, and we've already seen, seen her looking at Dawn's Save the Day post that Dawn put on mm. her social media and kind of like glaring at it so we know that sort of like already she's not going to let things fly and of course she does mm. like returning to the scene of her crimes as well yeah she does she does and um, poor Laurel she's about to find out that her other half um, Jay has, has been deceiving her yeah well things have been sort of fairly sort of calm for them in some ways for a while, I think, in terms of their relationship. Far too long. Yeah, I know, exactly. I think, yeah, Jay's been sort of like being good for sort of far too long and normally he does end up having a bit of a, taking a bit of a dive sort of um, in his, uh, you know, what gets up to. But although I yeah. do feel, though, that they, they've they always been a little bit of an odd match, actually. Mm. Yeah, they are, because... Yeah, they're formed alcoholic and a drug addict, but not the most stable sort of, no. I would imagine, relationship. No, no. So you were always expecting that things were going to go a little bit wrong with stuff. So, and indeed, now Jay's gone back to his old sneaky ways, so he's always a bit sneaky about doing things. 
and he's done something awful, which is that he's taken a loan out in Laurel's name and he's forged her name on the loan application. Hmm, not, well, you can get lower than that, but not a lot. No, well, yeah, I know. I mean, he needed the money because he needed to cover the cost of the fine, um, which the hop was given for that terrible activity day disaster that they had mm. last year. But, I mean, still, I think forging your other half's name on a massive loan is probably really not what you should be doing. Maybe you should have been talking to her about it. Yeah, and you, you go into it together. But it all comes to a head because Laurel really wants to buy Mulberry Cottage and, and she goes to the bank to try and get a mortgage for it and this is when it all comes tumbling out. It does. I mean, Mulberry Cottage obviously is really important to her because it was actually, you know, her late husband Ashley's home before, so she's always lived there. And I think, I think it belongs to Kim at the moment that Kim's thinking of selling it. So it seems like... The option so that they can stay is to buy it. So Laurel thinks, right, mm. okay, we'll take a mortgage out. Go to the bank, and the bank says, oh, no, you've got this really low credit score because of this massive loan you took out. And then she's like, what loan? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what happens in a situation like that? I wonder whether you tell the police and you get it removed and it's not you after all. I don't, I don't know how that works. Yeah. You knew nothing about it. Well, I know. Well, obviously, I think she'll, she thinks that it's, fraud so I think she's going to go to, to the police about it but then of course what Jay's going to do because he's, he's going to have to come clean because otherwise if she reports him for fraud not knowing that she's yeah. reported him for fraud yeah. you know all, all kinds of troubles with that I think I'm not sure the relationship's going to survive that one no I don't think well I don't think so I think he's gone a bit too far this time really yeah he? I would agree I would mm. agree Moving on to Hollyoaks, um, there's a showdown between Toby and Saul this week because Saul is determined to get Toby to confess to Lisa Loveday's murder. It's all, it's all such a joyful thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always say this about Hollyoaks. I do feel like practically everybody in the village is a murderer or has murdered somebody. <laughs> <point. So> true. <laughs> so true. Um, but Toby's been in a coma hasn't he, since the explosion at the Salon de Tay. But he finally regains consciousness. Uh, yes, that's right. So he's been in this coma since that terrible explosion that killed, I think it was two people, isn't it, which was awful. Um, but he actually comes around this week. So obviously his family are happy about that. Dad Felix is really happy about that. But he does want to protect Toby, obviously, knowing that he's killed Lisa. Um, <clears throat> but it's too late. So DeMarcus actually ends up calling in undercover cop Saul, who is really out to get uh, Toby. And Felix mm. arrives only just in time to stop Saul forcing Toby to sign a confession to the murder. Oh. Mm. But the, the, that plan fails, but Saul's totally obsessed, isn't he, with getting Toby to admit to the truth, um, that he ends up doing something he shouldn't do. Oh, well, yeah, he did. He, he's so obsessed to get Toby that he ends up stealing Grace's son. So we wonder, is there actually finally going to be a come up to Toby? Hmm. It kind of has to be eventually, doesn't there? Well, you'd think so. Although, mostly, we always talk about soap justice, don't we? I think, sort of like, on most soaps, mm. if you've murdered somebody, you either have to die yourself or go to prison, generally. But yeah. I'm not sure whether that always happens in Hollyoaks. 
<laughs> no, there's a few there's a few mass murderers wandering around, I think. Mass murderers wandering around. I think Mercedes is still people, I think, but I can't remember now. Too many pounds. <laughs> you are right, it's the one the one show that doesn't doesn't sort of restore its uh, equilibrium, does it? <laughs> no. Um and Darren wants to help um Charlie and Ella, I mean they're teenagers, raise their baby and, and you know, how's that responded to? Well, I know. Obviously, they're very young teens. This whole thing about them actually having sex in the first place was all a bit contentious. I think Nancy had allowed it, hadn't she? And then, and then look what happened. So now Ella's pregnant mm. with Charlie's baby. But um, Darren, I mean, he's kind of quite, he is more of a forgiving person. He always tries to be quite helpful about things. And I think he thinks that sort of like he can help them raise the kid and it'll be fine. I don't know whether he's just been a bit blindly optimistic, though. It's quite possible. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's very, very difficult. But Nancy really can't see that either of the kids are mature enough to look after their own child. And and Nancy's really insisting that the baby should be put up for adoption. But, you know, has she underestimated them? Should they should they be allowed to go at it? I mean, probably. They're the parents. Well, uh, yeah, I know exactly. I think she's just been so sort of like torn up about the whole situation situation going on she thinks right I'm going to source it that's you know we're, we're going to put the child up for adoption but exactly they're the parents you know so I think that's going a bit far and um actually at school Charlie Charlie and Ella are given one of those like baby dolls that are to look after you know part of the parenting exercise mm. and mm. kids about what it's like to be parents and it turns out actually they're pretty good uh, good doll parents they do look after the baby quite well Oh, okay. Ah. So, uh, <laughs> there's there's a twist, isn't there? Well, there is because Nancy's a bit cross about this because this is just, her plan's going right. So she actually fiddles with the doll's settings to try and make it harder for them. <laughs> I think she's been a bit. Well, I hope she does realise she's being unfair at some point. That is harsh. harsh. That is harsh. Well. Not as harsh as EastEnders, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, we can talk about it last week, because there was, but there was a, a huge reveal um, in EastEnders because poor Tina Carter's body has been lying in the abandoned argy bargy ever since Grey killed her just over a year ago. I know. It's been a very long time for that body to be there, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just bones, presumably, now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't guess. I don't know if you did, Hannah, because I noticed a few people, a few fans, actually had noticed Gray looking a little bit sort of like shifty when he was looking towards the argy-bargy, and they'd worked it out, but I didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, the gas explosion at the argy-bargy has obviously meant that Gray's in a flat panic that... that, that that Tina's body will be found um, and he poses as an insurance broker to try and get into the building. Yeah, so yeah, he's really worried because obviously if they go into the building just to try and whatever they want to do to it, I suppose, kind of make sure it doesn't collapse or, you know, so he needs to get in there to make sure that he can get to the body first. However, I really don't know what he thinks he's going to do to try and get rid of Tina's body in broad daylight or even at night because he was only wrapped in a shower curtain. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, what's what's he gonna? How's he gonna do it? I know. I feel a bit gruesome talking about that. It's a bit horrible, isn't it? It's really grim, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really grim. And and Whitney's really, you know, she's she she's had enough. She's finally cracked, and she's going to the police about Grey. 
Yeah, she is. So this is another dangerous as way. We feel like really now, kind of, he's, he's getting to a stage where he's not going to be able to keep up the lie of all these killings for much longer. She's been very worried about Chelsea, and I think even though her and Kira have had this plan to, um, you know, just to try and lure Grey into admitting to something because they feel like they haven't got enough evidence, she feels like, look, I've got to go to the police now because sort of Chelsea might be in danger. Um, but they don't really have any evidence because Chantel, and they don't know about the other murders either. Mm. So uh, we wonder, though, is this the end for Grey or is he going to get away with it for a while longer? I feel like there's more to this. I, I, I kind of feel like it does need wrapping up, to be honest with you. I feel the same about Mina and Emma yeah, Dale, to be yeah. honest with you. These things kind of just go on a bit and, I, I, and this is kind of where this is at for me. But I, I do think they might hang this out a little bit longer, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, I think so. There's still a sort of like a few things more to come. But I think... You know, now we've seen his body. That is going to get discovered, isn't it? So, you know. Yes. It's got but it's now. a long time since he's done it, yeah. you know. A lot of the... You'd be better off just leaving it, probably. Oh, no. um, and it's, it's nearly Valentine's Day, um, of course. We can't forget the romance um, on that commercial day. Um, and there's already a bit of romance going on in the square. Yes. So it's not officially Valentine's Day until the following week, but it's sort of like, yeah, they be doing a little bit of kind of flirtatiousness going on this mm -hmm. week, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> primarily between Stacey and Kira. Okay. Yeah. So they, mm. yeah, well, they have been. We do know that they've been sharing a bit of sort of like flirtations ever since they got out of prison. Because I think they actually can't remember whether it was they just kissed or they actually slept together before, but they definitely had a thing before she went away. Mm, mm. There is quite a funny twist, though, isn't there? Because she's got, of course, she's got this new snack van, yeah. and he and he goes and buys something from it, but yeah. he, he gets food poisoning. <laughs> he gets food poisoning. Yeah, it's probably not what he really wants for the day. He probably wanted to keep food poisoning. <laughs> but you know what? He's not put him off. <laughs> no, I know. Quite lucky, really. Sort of nothing's going to put Kira off, is it? So um, it actually, so. he ends up, despite all of this, he ends up being very kind. He helps sort out money to repair a knackered old catering van, which he bought for a new venture. And then he ends up giving you a little bit of a kiss. Mm, so, just on the cheap mind. Yes, only on the cheap. But I think Stacey gets all a little bit wibbly about it. So perhaps it might turn into something more. Oh, watch this space. Well, wow. that. Thank you, Rachel. Honestly, another another, another bumper week. I know, right? And <laughs> Such busy better. weeks in these soaps, aren't they? <laughs> Always going oh. on. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Massively appreciate it. We will speak to you again soon. And in the meantime, enjoy all the soaps. There's loads going on, and we'll be back next week. <laughs> 